I don't want to live insanely below my means for decades on end. That would kind of defeat the purpose of enjoying life, enjoying the journey, not punishing yourself along the way. And so instead of dreaming and hoping that one day when I'm 65-ish, I'll have enough money to not need to work again. Instead of that, I'm going to focus right now on building myself assets, a business, investment opportunities, etc., that produce me so much cash flow every month that I'm already financially free because my monthly residual cash flow outweighs my monthly expenses by so much that I'm good. I'm free. Welcome to the Conscious Wealth Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Griff. I'm a conscious serial entrepreneur with a passion for wealth creation, sovereignty and natural law, spirituality and consciousness, financial literacy, commerce, investing, and the game of money. I am the founder of the Level Up Collective, a conscious wealth mastermind in which I lead countless others through the process of unlearning most, if not all, of what we've been taught about the world and the game of money, and then relearning what the rules of this secretive game really are and how we can actually win at it. I was incredibly blessed to stumble across many of the secrets of the 1% at a young age, and rather than keeping it all to myself, I'm on a mission to share this information freely with as many people as I can. This podcast is going to challenge the very fabric of your reality. And at times, you may find yourself running up against some of your deepest unconscious belief systems. I encourage you to give yourself grace, keep an open mind, and never just accept what I say as fact always do your own research. I never want you to just assume I am telling the truth. I am not here to convince or teach you anything, but rather to reflect back and remind you of things that somewhere in your consciousness you already know. Take what resonates, discard what doesn't, and enjoy the ride. Now let's get started. What's going on, y'all? In today's episode, I'm going to lay out for you my five top reasons why retirement accounts are a scam. It's probably going to be a popular episode. I imagine almost all of you have them. Most people do. Whether you're an employee, you might have 401k or 403b. If you're self-employed, you might have SEP IRA, S-E-P, self-employed IRA, or you might have a Roth IRA, individual retirement account. So many different acronyms and abbreves, abbreviations. And my intent today, I'm not trying to bash anyone. Many of our students who join the LUC have these, you know, I'll put it like this. It's a personal decision. All I want to do today is educate you guys. And also I'm putting this out because I've been asked numerous times, can you please do an episode on retirement accounts? Can you please do an episode on retirement accounts? I have a 401k, don't know what to do with it. Financial advisor invests my money. My company matches his half, you know, all these types of things. So I wanted to put this together for you guys. 
And honestly, I kind of wanted to do like a list of like 10 things or like getting more in depth, but I want to just keep this really simple. I'm not trying to have this be like a masterclass. I just want this to be some basics. And then like you guys can look further into it and make your own decisions, right? Because once again, I'm not trying to tell you what to think. I don't have a job. I've never had a job. I don't have any sort of IRA. I've never had one and I never will. So it doesn't really matter to me. I'm just here to, you know, help you guys. But at the same time, I'm just some stranger on the internet. So do whatever the fuck you want to do. So having said that, top five reasons here. Reason number one, if any of you want to note these down, I tried to make them like reasonable titles and then I'll get into it. So reason one is just that you have no control. So control is something I talk about a lot. If you, for those of you who follow me on Instagram at official underscore J Griff, you will know that I talk about control a lot. What do I mean by that? So there's this concept of ownership versus control. And I don't want to get too much into the weeds of that, but basically the lower class and the middle class are obsessed with ownership. They're really proud of it. They wear it like a badge of honor. And the wealthy, the upper class and the 1% especially laugh at that. They do not want to own things. They do not own things. And they only care about control. And I'm not going to get into how you accomplish that or anything like that in this episode, but you guys can definitely check out my other episodes. Particularly, I've done one called The Illusion of Ownership, if you want to learn more about that. But here's the thing with any sort of retirement account. You don't have control. Number one, usually most people, because of their level of financial literacy, are just buying an index or a basket of indexes, and they're just dollar cost averaging, you know, them and their employer put into it every month. So you're buying at shitty prices, you're buying too high, constantly buying your dollar cost averaging because that's what everyone says to do, even though that's horrible advice. But then even for some of you that are going to say, you know, Jeremy, this doesn't apply to me because I'm able to buy singular stocks and I'm able to somewhat uh, manage it, blah, blah, blah. Let me put it this way. You don't want to own anything in your name. So that is going to be number three that I'll get into in a bit. But I just want to kind of explain what I'm getting at here. So not only do you not have control because like, for example, you can't buy and sell when you want right? You can't just buy and then take profits and rinse repeat. If you were to try to cash out any of your retirement account, they're going to penalize the shit out of you and taxes are going to be due immediately in most situations. So this lack of control is built into the very framework, the very policy and the very legislation that surrounds retirement accounts. And let me put it this way. One of the big reasons that they created retirement accounts was to stabilize the financial markets. If you have a workforce of 100 million Americans and the average American is putting $1,000 a month or $500 a month or something into their retirement account at which their employer is matching it, well, now you have a hell of a cash flow of billions of dollars consistently flowing from pension funds, social security funds, and retirement account funds into the markets that can somewhat stabilize and provide liquidity and consistency of really like cash flow and liquidity flow to the financial markets. So they, the powers that be, the system, the government, the Fed, the money makers, the banks, the brokerages, all of that, they all love that because you know you can't touch your money so they don't have to worry about much liquidity risk or like a run on the banks type of situation so 
just understanding that inherently should make it a lot easier for you to understand, like probably not in your best interests, right? Anytime someone wants to propose a deal to you and part of the deal is, but there's just one thing, you can't touch this until you're 65. Uh, Sound good? Why not? (laughs) Why can't I touch this? Well, there's probably things you're not being told about why you can't touch that. Maybe, for example, while your investments are in there, the brokerage house can leverage those investments and make additional money off of, you know, maybe uh, selling positions against those investments, taking out debt and then reissuing it to other people for higher interest rates against your investments. They're doing all sorts of stuff similar to how fractional reserve banking works. When you put $10 in a bank, they can loan out $100 at 8 to 10% interest and make a killing, whereas they're paying you 0.25% a year. So, you know, that goes deep. I'm not going to get too much into it, but that's number one, why I'm not a fan of retirement accounts. You have no control. Hey guys, really quick, exciting announcement for you. We have decided to offer $1,000 in a surprise giveaway to one lucky Conscious Wealth Podcast supporter. All you have to do is leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, so rate the show five out of five stars, as well as let us know how you're liking the show in a few sentences. And lastly, screenshot your publicly submitted podcast review and email it to jess.com aligned solutions at gmail.com to enter yourself to potentially win that is j-e-s-s period a-l-i-g-n-e-d solutions at gmail.com the winner will be randomly chosen on the last day of the month may the odds be ever in your favor now let's get back to the show number two Life happens now, not tomorrow. And really what I want to get into with this is just understanding that cash flow is king. So when I was in my younger 20s, I was extremely close to setting up a Roth IRA and a self-employed IRA because I was self-employed. And my level of financial literacy at that time, I must have been 22, starting to make some money. I had just paid off my student loans, 22, 23 just had cash, just stacked cash. And I wanted to do something with it. And so, you know, I'm reading a lot of books and, you know, the most financially literate people I knew at that time were kind of the plugged into the system, but understand finance type people. And so, of course, their advice was, oh, bro, you got to get set up with a self-employed SEP IRA or a Roth IRA. They're awesome. You know, once you pay taxes on them, you put it in, you don't have to pay taxes when you pull out. It's sick. You know, the whole, the typical spiel that you get pitched when someone's trying to sell you on a Roth IRA or whatever. And I was super, I was this close to doing it. I actually did have one created. And what was insane, and this is just how synchronicities work, is at this time, I think I was just on Amazon and this random book caught my eye. And what was it called? I think it was Killing Sacred Cows by Garrett Gunderson. It was one of his books, Garrett Gunderson. And he talked about, it was like a financial literacy book. The term sacred cows refers to like societal norms. So killing sacred cows means like things that are wives' tales or societal norms that aren't actually you know, beneficial. So each chapter was a different wife's tale. And one of the ones was this notion of retirement. And I was young, you know, I didn't have any like 
millionaires in my life at that time. I didn't have, I hadn't yet hired my multimillionaire business mentors. Uh, none of my friends had wealth like that. None of my family. So, you know, I, I was really limited in terms of the advice I was getting. And so I set this up. I hadn't funded it yet. And I happened to buy this book. I read that chapter and I called my fiduciary the next day and told him I'll be closing the account. <laughs> and so I never actually funded it. I did do the paperwork for it, but I'm so glad that that happened because what this chapter of this book opened my eyes to was this notion of cash flow is king and life happens now. And I wasn't thinking in that way, right? I'm 22, 23. I, I had never had any real money before. For the first time in my life, I was out of debt. I mean, I felt rich. I had a little cash type thing. And really the best way to explain this is just most of society has bought into this notion that tomorrow will be better than today. And here's the problem with that. You don't know when the fuck you're going to die. Why have you convinced yourself that upon age 65, life will miraculously turn into what you've always dreamed of? How realistic do you think that is? You're 65. What kind of physical condition are you in? How good are your energy levels? How good are your mood levels? How equipped are you going to be to travel? How equipped are you going to be to make money? How sharp are you going to be cognitively? How's your social group going to be at that time? You're going to have thriving relationships, friend groups, people to do stuff with. I don't think people think this through. The best years of your life are, well, should be the younger years of your life when you have the most energy, you're injury free, your bones don't hurt, you have a lot of energy, you have a lot of vitality, a lot of sex drive, a lot of cognitive clarity and output. You're young, you're healthy, right? Your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, those are your peak years. Now, I'm not trying to insinuate that there's anything wrong with aging. I'm one of the one of those freaks that looks forward to aging. I enjoy it. I don't agree with society's standards around aging being bad and trying to look young and blah, blah, blah. I'm looking forward to aging. But anyway, life happens now. And up until that point, I had bought into the programming and I didn't even know, I didn't even realize that's why this reading this chapter like slapped me across the face because I realized, oh shit, I thought I knew a decent amount about financial literacy at that point, which is funny looking back, but I knew more than a lot of people. But I was still buying into this notion of like, okay, I'm going to work really hard. I'm going to grind my whole 20s, my whole 30s, and eventually I'll be wealthy. And I'll just build this account and, you know, one day I'll have millions. And it's like cash flow is king. So let me explain this. There's really two ways to approach wealth. One is the Dave Ramsey way. Every spare dollar, invest that shit. Don't take out debt. Don't have credit cards. Every spare dollar, invest. Let it compound. Let it compound. Let it compound. And if you're lucky, one day you'll reach financial freedom. That's approach one that I'd say 90% of Americans are on that bandwagon. Then there's another approach. There's another approach that says, I don't want to live insanely below my means for decades on end that would kind of defeat the purpose of enjoying life, enjoying the journey, not punishing yourself along the way. And so instead of, you know, dreaming and hoping that one day, you know, when I'm 65-ish, I'll have enough money to not need to work again. Instead of that, I'm going to focus right now on building myself assets, a business, investment opportunities, etc., that produce me so much cash flow every month that I'm already financially free because my monthly residual cash flow outweighs my monthly expenses by so much that I'm good, I'm free. And that day changed my path. 
And I haven't thought about it in, in years, to be honest, until I sat down to record this podcast for you guys. So it's a little emotional for me thinking about right now, honestly, because from that day forward, I got dead ass serious about building my business, building my online brand, building online companies. And I'm now at a point where I have an awesome team. I leverage other people's time. I learned a lot about credit, banking, debt, et cetera. And I leverage other people's money. And I really just work a few hours a week and I make an incredible, incredible residual income every month. Something that I'll just say something that exceeds what I ever thought I would make in a month. I thought I was going to go the path of like, you know, make 20K, 30K a month. I thought that that was crazy, 40K a month. And then like just invest like one day. I thought that my income would never really like go astronomically high, higher than that. And that one day I would just have such a big investment account that like that would be the reason I was financially free. And because of the clarity that this provided me, and then I started looking more into like and studying like how is the 1% doing this? And I started seeing they're doing it the same way. None of them are waiting on some time in the future. Go study the top 1%. You will find very few of them that ate shit for decades and kept a modest income and just invested until they were old. That defeats the purpose. All of them are building cash flow machines. So from that day forward, I started building a cash flow machine. And ultimately what ended up happening is you realize, you know, you don't need 10 million, 20 million, whatever you think, you know, walk away number is. You don't need that amount to have unfathomable levels of freedom. There's other ways to approach it, right? So I think people are stuck in the, I need a blank size nest egg. And rather than focusing on how do I create more cash flow now? Like, why are you waiting? Why are you waiting until you're 65? Stocks, that's a slow game. It's a really slow game, especially if you're doing indexes. That's a slow game. That's number two. All right, guys, that concludes part one of our two-part series. Make sure to tune in in a few days as we dive into part two.